0: So hello, welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Weima. Today we have Dimitri Jafars- uh, Jafarski with us from DCM. This is a, DCM is a static analysis tool for Dart. Welcome, Dimitri. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I could be better. As I said, I'm still settling into my new studio and uh, it's been painful, as you know. We This is like the, the second time I restarted my computer. Trying to, trying to get this thing to work, so hopefully things will get settled in. Yeah, yeah. But uh, coming back to the main topic, right? I've never heard of of this tool before, so um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm probably not the only one. Uh, it is a, kind of a, I mean, the amount of people working on it, I saw in your article, so, so maybe we kind of roll back a little bit. I saw your article on Reddit mm-hmm. talking about that it's going to be no more free version. It's a paid version only, right? Okay. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty big change, right? Because considering that Dart and Flutter community is very much like an open source, uh, non-paid, most things, I think, within Dart are like that. And so going from, uh, you know, like a free version to a paid version is a pretty big jump, right? So it'd be interesting to hear more about DCM, uh, why would I want to use it, and, you know, um, kind of like the history of it and things like that, because, yeah, like I said, it's totally new to me okay and it's a static analysis tool now everybody knows about that i'm sure yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm also thinking that marketing is not my best site so <laughs> i'm
1: i'm i'm more than sure that a lot of people don't know about the tool don't know what it do what it can do how it can help so i'm i'm ready to answer and provide all the info i can so uh let me then start with my background a bit so that people kind of know what uh what was my what is what is my story let's say uh so My first interaction with Dart uh, started at Rike, where Rike is a company that uh, still have, uh, even though they are migrating to TypeScript, and I participated partially in this decision to migrate from Dart to TypeScript, uh, they still have a lot of uh, Dart code, uh, like maybe two million lines of code in Dart Angular. And that's where my first interaction with Dart happened. And I really liked the language since then. I think it's uh, really easy uh, to start with. It's, uh, f- before that, uh, my, my, my main background is the front end, and I work, work a lot with JavaScript and TypeScript, and et cetera. So it was really easy to start uh, you start uh, from this background and actually, it kind of felt like natural, you felt really, really easy and to understand and uh, to, to learn. So. And there, uh, trike. I was uh, like a front a senior front-end engineer and then an architect. And that's this is the, the place where DCM first was created. And it even originally was in the RAIC, uh repository. But then when uh, me and another person who started it left, we took uh, the project like to to the, to another ag- organization so we can continue developing it. So it was. The project was created initially like 3 years ago and uh, since then I left rike I worked in a in a company that develops browser as a front end lead and uh, mainly was focused on helping to remove the custom framework they had to a more standardized uh, like industry solutions and uh, we did a great job but I the idea that I need to try to actually push DCM forward, not just being a side project but an actual product, uh, was stuck in my head. And uh, for all this time, I was considering like different uh, my, my, like different monetization models, how it can be just not just an open source project but something more like a product with a stable model, etc. So, and in December last year, I decided that okay, I think I need to try. I need to try and see where it goes and here we are, DCM like for six months now have a new version called the teams version and just recently we also created an individual version based on the teams but with fewer like less fewer features um, and as you mentioned before, we announced that we are now like at uh, sunsetting the plugin version, the free version, and uh, moving forward on this only this standalone solution so uh this is kind of the history. Uh, in short, uh, so what is the tool itself? Uh, the DCM is I call it a toolkit, but some might say it's just it's just a linter. I kind of disagree with it because it, it does more than linter. But for simplicity, we can call it a linter. Just, just it's a linter that helps you find the issues in your code and uh, find you find unused code, unused files, unused localization. The the parameters that are unnecessary nullable etc so it helps you actually reduce the number of bugs in your code reduce the time you spend on code reviews with your colleagues uh, discussing like different uh, style issues or bugs that your ppr have uh ppr has and uh all at least most of them. i guess there are like two rules that dcm provides that then appeared in the standard dart analyzer uh, but most of the rules, I guess it's like 180 now that DCM provides, uh, they all custom. They're not available via Dart Analyzer or Linter. They are, um, are like added by us and uh, you cannot find them anywhere else. They are like different. There are different rules. There are rules that help you find issues. Like if you compare, uh, different types that don't overlap in the RRH model with each other, the standard analyzer and the linter won't tell you that you got you like do doing this wrong, but the DCM can spot it and say, okay, this is check is never will happen, it will never happen. So you, you need to either rewrite it or remove it. And and there are like style issues, uh, or, yeah, style style issues like uh, trailing commas, then that then appeared in the Dart analyzer like a year after DCM added have it And uh like trailing commas, like the order of arguments, and a lot. There are a lot of them, but it's like the uh, small, smallest overview. Another part of DCM is the commands. As I mentioned, you can check via CLI that uh, some code is unused. You can run it on a single project or in, from a monorepo, from a monorepository root to check like the whole project at once, which code is not referenced, not used, it can be like class declarations or more smaller parts like fields, methods, etc. So it helps you, it this tech depth, because basically you support that code, you, you need to migrate it to each new version of the language, especially it was, it was very uh, problematic when you had like to migrate from null safety, from before null safety to null safety, because then you needed to support the code that's potentially useless. You need to migrate. You needed to migrate it. So it's just useless work that you could easily avoid just removing this code. And more importantly, that the compiler itself, uh, when you compile the app, it can optimize and remove some of this code, but not all of it. So it's also better not to give it to the compiler, but also remove it from your com- code base completely because it can, uh, can not not all of it can be uh, removed. Uh, plus, again, uh, people you work with, my thing that this code is used, my uh, copy it, its style, or, or etc. So, again, it's just a burden that you would likely to avoid. So DCM helps you find that. Same, these uh, unused files, unused localization, I think it's, you just reduce the bundle size, you reduce the uh, things that you don't need. So just just remove, you, and some of them uh, can help, uh, DCM also provides the commands to find unused dependencies, like, uh, dev dependencies or like regular dependencies, which of them are under underpromoted, overpromoted, etc. So you can just, uh, by finding a used code and used files, you can find and use dependencies, and it's like it helps you remove the things you don't need, basically. Um, so I guess that's like the overview of what tool uh, can do, but before we started, you mentioned like things DCM fix, that fix. So DCM basically not aside from the issues, style issues, and uh, warnings, it also provides you a way to remove things that you can remove or fix things you can fix. uh It can be done via code actions in the IDE, IntelliJ, or VS Code, or with a command which is named closely to what Dart provides, just for simplicity people can understand that they do kind of the same, but DCM fix works only for DCM issues, and Dart fix works only for Dart issues. So you can also fix uh, all DCM, not all, all fixable because there are some issues uh, that you cannot fix because they need, they require a choice, choice like, is it good or bad? Is it should be, should it be skip, kept or removed? So some of them require a choice. And in this case is DCM cannot make a decision for you. And uh, these issues are usually not fixable, but other issues are fixable like trailing commas, et cetera. So, DCM helps you, DCM fix helps you to apply fixes all over your code base in one go. And uh, it, it's also possible to apply fixes on IDE like save. And it's also, also possible not to just fix issues, but remove unused code, remove files, remove de- dependencies, fix dependencies with DCM fix as well. So, you can just run DCM fix the uh, type unused code and all unused code that DCM finds will be removed from your project like in one go. Okay, that's I guess the overview of DCM and what it does. And uh, maybe you want to ask something or I can go why we decided to to, to sunset the free version and uh, uh, keep the paid one only.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to go a little bit more into uh, DCM exactly, because you used the word static code analysis uh, to me, that's more like kind of like a type checking thing. That's what I understand, but it's not right. So, because I always hear about that when I listen to it, like C, C plus plus, they talk about static code analysis, make sure that you have safe code. It's not quite the same, right? Or is it the same?
1: It's static
0: analysis is just,
1: uh, you know, the category of tools. It's just that they, they analyze the code. They build an IST that they create a model of your code. A static analysis in general is that tooling that it called static because it works in non, in non it, it works before the runtime. So you don't need to run the code; you just uh, parses, parses it, analyze it before it it even goes live and uh, checks the issues that that can be checked in in I don't know how, non runtime way, non, not in runtime, okay, statically. <laughs> I guess this is how that gets.
0: Mm-hmm. So it would go through the code, tokenize it, kind of run through some scenarios, see where things may go wrong, or there were yes, things could yes, be better, the, and it gives you
1: analysis. Create a type model, yes. Which 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 object has which type, mod, methods, fields are available, etc. How it matches, yes, yes. And TCM indeed have the type checker uh, also because again I mentioned that we can highlight things when like is is wrong, wrong wrongly used, as is, as is wrongly used it. This is only available because the type checking is available. Yeah. You cannot do it without type checking.
0: I mean, some of these are, are quite interesting. I was just looking at some of the rules. That, I mean, what's cool is that you can turn off and on any rule. Is that right? Yes. So yes. in case maybe, OK. Um. Now, like I'm just looking at one of these rules, like the first one, you have arguments ordering. Now, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious because it, I mean, it looks OK, what was actually bad, but. According to the Lint, it it wouldn't be bad, right? So you have age, surname, and name, Mm -hmm. but you're saying it's better to do name, surname, than age. Is it because it matches up with the argument order that you defined within- Yeah,
1: um, the core idea of DCM that each rule is configurable. Each, you can, the configurability level is different, but uh, for example, for argument ordering, you can choose an order you want I think or at least it's uh well, maybe it's for member ordering you can choose, but for argument ordering, ah okay, okay, I remember for argument ordering it matches the order of definition, so you have a function and then like the parameters in a separate certain order, okay, this one is not configurable the not that flexible as member ordering because member ordering you can order like uh, fields cla- fields methods like how you want this arguments ordering uh it matches the. Order of definition and then suggest you to match it uh, in, on the invocation, so you can like easily see which one goes where and etc. So I guess this one is, works that way. Yeah, but uh, the idea that uh, rules in DCM are configurable—it's like the core, dif- uh, the one of the core dif- differences from the Dart uh, analyzer, because Dart analyzer provides you the like coded behavior for each rule, but in some rules DCM in the DCM provides can be configured they are marked there is a gear icon in in the docs and the one the fixable there they are marked is that like two, two two emoji
0: and you also have some flutter specific ones that's pretty interesting
1: yeah Flutter specific package specific. We have uh, rules for provider package for flame for block etc and i also in, intend to exp- expand this list to other packages this time so yeah these rules are also useful. The Dart Dart Linter is Dart Analyzer and Linter. I'm not providing rules for packages, so it's just like a great opportunity for GCM also to cover these cases.
0: Now, I do have a question though, too because I see you have some rules for Angular, but Angular is kind of—I think it's been dropped, right? Um,
1: as a person who worked on this Dart Angular. Yes. Again, as I mentioned, uh, the Dart Angular is still used by Reich. I think, and the tool was created at Rike. So yes, one of the first tools was for Dart Angular too, that we created. Uh, so yeah, and they just exist from this time, but we don't really support or I can improve them anyhow. They just exist, and, and yeah, yeah, they are for Dart Angular. Yes.
0: Well, it's good to kind of support it, but. Um, it's also interesting. So you also have other metrics, right? So, Mm -hmm. so does this spit out different kinds of formats? So like maybe a JSON one, that's easy for us to ingest with a service and also maybe a PDF or HTML version for all the metrics, the code metrics. Mm -hmm. So the
1: answering your previous about the question. Just for to to keep the conversation uh, about Dart Angular, Dart Angular is exactly deprecated, not deprecated as I understand. They took the development from of the of the framework like internally, so it's now supported and developed internally in Google at Google. But the the open source version is not. I think it was formed by community by the community and is developed some maybe supported or developed by. But I didn't check for a long time. So as I understand, you're right. The Dart Angular is kind, of, you know, in a sunsetting way, and it was actually one of the one of the reasons why uh, I decided to go from Dart Dart Angular to TypeScript and React because of that. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Getting back to metrics, yes, uh, you at least uh, like the all all of the commands you see like. Uh, Analyze, mat, calculate metrics, uh, dependencies, etc. All All of them support, I think, at least two formats. It's the console and JSON. But some of them, like calculate metrics or analyze, support additional formats. Uh, for example, it's check style. It's GitLab's format. I think check style at GitLab is the same, but a little bit different. Uh, it's uh, GitHub and uh, it's for metrics it's also an html report you can generate a full project html report in which metrics were like deviated devi- from the like normal values and you can see like the whole picture of your project for example which classes or folders uh, which files or folders fo- folders have like increased uh, widgets nesting for example or like too many lines or uh, to like higher complexity, for example, yeah, it's all can be also viewed in HTML format, but no, no PDF uh, at least for now, because honestly, no one ever like asked for a for a PDF format, so I guess that's why It's not supported. That's that simple.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I find it interesting because usually, so many people want to have a PDF. At least like upper management, they usually want to have like a PDF to print or to look at rather than, uh, I, I guess developers don't really care about that. They rather have something they can digest into a, something that they can analyze later on, or something like that. Um, maybe, but honestly, I, again, I
1: haven't heard any, like, uh, haven't seen any any feature requests about that, so maybe, but if people, like, say they, they need that, I'll be happy to add it. No, there is no problem.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of Pretty interesting stuff you have in here. So I I find it to be quite quite interesting. And you have a huge amount of uh, companies that you're you're looking at. Even Google themselves, you're saying, is is actually using this? Uh, Yes,
1: Google. uh, Two teams at Google: the DevTools team and the Web Dev team. I think they use DCM, and they have it on CI and uh, in like ID integrations. Yes. So they use both the IDE plugin and the
0: CI integration. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a pretty big customer to have. To have Google, the people who created this language, to actually use your your tool, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think they also quite enjoyed the check unused code command because I I was like experimenting with it on the DevTools repository and it found like I think fifteen hundreds of lines, like one thousand and five hundred lines of unused code. Which is, I think, is a lot. And uh, in a recent, uh, like one of the issues or PRs, I was mentioned, and I run it again with the different flags, and there are more code. So I will, I will soon create another PR to help them remove more unused code from the repo. So yeah, uh, this, this these things are really like can like sum up, you know, this time, especially with different developers uh, working on project uh, things like unused code really. Get just you know grow grow and grow and uh, yeah, it's nice to have a tool to remove them to remove it like, completely and never think about it.
0: Yeah, I I did want to go go over like the 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 people working on this tool. It's not very many, right? It's just like less than five working on DCM. Uh, it's currently it's me alone. You alone? Okay. Well, that is less than five. Yes, less than five. Yeah, it's true. Uh, because when i read like okay so obviously what we're here for is about sunsetting the release and you go into the background of of people working on it and mm-hmm. i mean i saw the number here one point around 1.5 people i think i saw yes yes i yeah i can
1: like explain it so as i mentioned the there there the, are the two people who founded the tool like we both work at rike but another person he's also Dimitri. <laughs> It's easier for, you can just say Dmitry and yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure what the first letter in DCM stands for. Maybe it's Dmitry. <laughs> okay. But, uh, uh, he's also Dmitry. He, he has like a regular job as a team lead and he's, he does, he don't have like much time to spend on the tool. So he helps like occasionally. And I also asked, uh, I also. Requested or oh, not, not, request. I also hired a d- designer to help me develop a site. So site, the only thing that uh, is not made by me in DCM, it's like the design of a website. So I hired a designer and I like rarely ask different people like to give some advice, etc. So that's why I, I almost, I guess just uh, s- said that it's like 1.5 because to be, if, if I'm being honest, it's not just me like only. There are some other people helping, but they are not helping, you know, full time. They are not fully involved in the development, et cetera. They just, uh, but the most impact is of this uh, dot five is from the, another person who started the tool initially.
0: Well, but I, what I, I did want to kind of go back more into this. So it's mostly you, but you did have some uh, people contributing, but it's pretty interesting. The that is less than 1% of active users. Like, yeah. how many active users did you have, and how do you actually measure that?
1: Um, that's an interesting question in terms of like uh, how to measure it properly. But uh, like a few months ago, I added an anonymous analytics just to to see how many like people out there use the tool because Pop really is really bad about the statistics. It shows you very abstract, very random numbers about the popularity, which. Uh, which is, which uh, first of all, they can be like really easily hijacked. If you add, a, if you have a package that is very popular, and you add you that can be used as a dependency, and you and you add your package as a dev dependency to this package, guess what will happen to the popularity of this dev dependency to match the popularity of the package of the main package. So this is not the statistics. It's at least I have seen it myself when. Uh, clearly, uh, I'm not sure that it works that way exactly, but at least I- I've seen it. So I, maybe the people from who develop pop will disagree and say it's not true, but at least what I've seen that's kind of matches what I, what I just mentioned. So let's first pop provides you really bad statistics, not the statistic you cannot use uh, and to understand the audience, the number of people, et cetera, the number of projects, et cetera. So I decided just to, you know, have a rough number. Uh, based on the uh, like unique ID, not not anyhow linked to person to a person, just sending sending to the analytics and seeing how many people out there. So um, and the number the number of like active users was around like one thousand and two hundred something like that. So, but it's important to say that I know a lot of people who stopped using DCM because of the performance issues. And these issues are not like originally from DCM; it's from the API, the plugins API that DCM uses. So, uh, I mean, I, I know like a lot of people, a lot of companies. I, I guess it's 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 a, it's like a relatively big number to the number I got from the users. So uh, that's why I think the that's why I mentioned that the number is like if we can, if we. Count the overall number of people who use DCM in the future and decided not to, and people at the number I got. So this will be like the, the pretty pretty close to what I said in the article. And uh, in another important thing that I said about the contributor contributors said I don't count the people who changed doc like the one letter in the doc as in this number. I I only counted people who like brought something more meaningful. Let's say that. I don't want to, uh, you know, offend anyone who contributes fixing typos, etc. It's not about that. It's about that if we start ca- calculating this as a same contribution as a person who spent like hours de- developing the piece of code to to implement to add to the tool, that would be kind of not fair. So I only counted in on this number people who contribute this code.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, because sorry, but. Yeah, fixing docs won't help. Don't help the project in the long term.
0: Yeah. Well, I I mean it's interesting that people stop using the project because it became slow, rather than trying to actually help and and make it better, right? Um, that's the reality.
1: That's the reality we live in. I would say, and even with this duplication, a lot of people are. uh, I've I've seen some controversial controversial comments. Like, I like the tool it's it helps me a lot, but I don't want to pay for it <laughs> so it just makes me you know wonder uh that those people don't understand how it works that some people like me like myself how say it like myself uh they develop this tool in free time in a, in their free time and uh like uh it's it's not i wouldn't say the word unfair because I think it's like not applicable in this context, but it's kind of strange to expect that people will be no uh continuously giving their time for free, and you will be able to benefit from what they do without getting giving anything back because my my whole idea of the sunset is also that a lot of people use the tool, but a very small number actually tries to give back to the community because i mean to the tool to the to the community itself, so they have a very strange position when everything that they have they have is kinda kind of free but uh, with no like idea that hey maybe i need to also give something back to, to, to the to things i use so they can can be better can become better can i don't know can, can continue existing etc so it's kind of you know one side one-sided not flow, but it's kind of one-sided i don't think it's a uh, long-term good uh, situation
0: yeah i i I know what you mean like i i think all of us were at some point uh kind of have the same mindset where something was useful but you felt like paying was i'm not sure how to say it's like you didn't want to cheat the person but like you you just didn't feel like paying i don't don't know how to how to describe that maybe maybe you were not but for me i i just try not to pay for anything for a long time when i was young but then as i'm older as i have Mm -hmm. more money And as I think about it and I think, okay, time is money. I'm actually saving time and I find this tool useful. So therefore I will pay for it. Right. It's, it's kind of something that comes in time. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree with you here. And I think that's the main like idea behind DCM that DCM saves you time, saves your company time. And that's then uh, take it. A small part of this time is the, like the price for the subscription. And uh, it's also, ha- it's, it's not just, you know, the subscription for a tool that is kind of, you know, in the free state, it's also the resources DCM needs to grow, to uh, have new features, to have m- like a, more people working on it so that it will become better and better. So it's kind of, for me, I think it's, as I also said in, in the article that it's kind of, if if people really think that their time is valuable and DCM helps uh, like reduce the all this unnecessary you know like interactions when you have a bug that goes into production you know you need to fix this bug and bug and redeploy it and if you have like a quality assurance people you have like a larger uh, flow when you lose a lot of time just because um, a problem might, like a problem that might have been fixed by DCM got into production. So DCM saves his time. And if you think it's forced, then it's kind of a win win. We try to, uh, get, give you the best tool. You, uh, save time from this, with this tool. So I guess it's like the whole idea. And I, I also maybe can say that DCM is kind of a productivity tool, which helps you spend less time on things you don't want to spend time
0: on. It's usually how it works i mean i mean like maybe you can be more specific right you just keep we just keep saying that it's going to save you time it's going to save you time but like how would it save me time is it saving time by like finding uh formatting issues by finding bugs or even preventing bugs like what like because we keep saying it's going to save you time right but maybe we can be more specific about in in what way i mean uh, for example
1: um you have again again this problem with type matching, for example, you have a type is check that is is assertion i think it was called is check that is uh never gonna happen, but it's important for like for your business logic, for example, you deploy it and this code never works. you have your flow broken, for example, user needs to redeploy it with a fix or you need. Or you need to like to, you need to fix it somehow, right? So you need to spend time, you need to look, you need to identify what is the problem, where it is in your like code base. You need to create a fix. You need to deploy this fix and you need to wait the whole process of the code or the like app store or Google play review, right? You need to deploy to the users. Users need to get the code and they need to open a new version. So it's like a lot of steps that can be saved just because you have a tool that shows you okay this code is unreachable this this code is uh, has a potential error that can appear in this case i mean we can go like rule by rule there are a lot of rules that save that highlight you the issues the performance issues the like issues like as these types etc so i guess this is like the the, the detailed version of the, how it saves time i don't know if i answered your question but Again, it reduces the number of it. And if, if, for example, if we take another um, another uh, side, you have a code review, right? You have colleagues uh, that review your code. For example, you push the pull request with some code, and now your colleagues spend time highlighting issues that you have as like common sense issues, right? You discussed, okay, we we should do this and not that, okay? And now without the linter, they need to spend time like. Writing your PR comments like fix this, change this to that, right? And all of that can be removed. Not all of it. Most of that can be removed if you have a strict linting. Because if you know, like, I, I would say even if you have a Dart analyzer and DCM combined, you can eliminate most of it. Because for example, DCM provides a rule that you can ban specific widgets from the Flutter. If you have like a policy that you use some widgets, some of your custom widgets on, instead of Flutter widgets. Uh, right now you don't have like any static analysis tool that that can force you to do that, right? And with DCM you can mark these widgets as don't use this widget, use that widget, and that's it. You don't need to spend time on, on in your PRs looking for these widgets. It, it will be automatically automatically like highlighted even before the PR is created. So it also saves you time on this communication while people review code, then it it goes back to the reviewer, reviewer need to fix it. So it's kind of, you know, also slow process, but it works, uh, but it works only for teams. If you are a solo developer, if you are doing like, if you don't have all the reviews, et cetera. Um, you are, you don't have this problem, for example, right. But you still have problem, have a problem that, um, you, you can, your code can have some issues with it, like performance or other issues. So, yeah, um, I hope, I hope I answered your question because.
0: If no, you know, no, no. You, you did. I mean, I hope that we can convince some people to understand why it's important to work to to you know to to look at tools like this and not just see that as okay. I'm going to spend money on something. Like you need to think about okay, if I give, you know, one, do I get five x output? Something like that. You know what I mean? Am I getting a good return on my investment? Yeah, we have an article. We have an article that just that
1: uh, covers the um mm, that covers the return on investment actually with dcm and like five i think with five member team but it's also about the company so for solo developers it might not be quite as close to the reality but for for the teams it's it's it usually how it works like the article in my opinion is very accurate
0: with how it actually is yeah you do go in here and you break it down that's that's, that's quite interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah I... it's very useful. Yeah. Uh but but coming back, like I think we we went over DCM quite well. It's I mean, it's seems pretty good. I mean, the fact that like I said, uh, like you said, the people at Google are using it, that makes it very attractive to me. Uh <laughs> and I do like the idea of the dead code elimination, right? Finding code that is in your project and no longer being referenced. Mm-hmm. Man, that that is super useful because like I hate having extra code <laughs> in my yeah. stuff. I'm not going to use. I shared this idea and you know, uh, the PRs I, I
1: personally like the most is when you remove code. Like not, not when you add a feature. For me, it's like, okay, this chunk of code can be finally removed. So let's do that. And our code base will be like lighter.
0: It's like the, the best PRs in my opinion. Well, I mean, not even that. Like if you can remove, if you can remove code and add features, that's even better, yeah. which is possible. Right. You can definitely make more code more concise. Yes, but like coming back to like the main topic about you know the recent news that you have, well, it's pretty recent, June sixth. It's of course it's like uh, what said uh, can't do math right two now. Weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, my mm-hmm. math is so bad. End of day over here. Um, so you're you're pulling away the free the free version, right? I mean, was that a very difficult uh, thought process to have, or was it just like, no, this is no brainer? I mean, we got to do this. Um, it was difficult. I would say
1: I initially like wanted to avoid it. But as time like, so the, the teams version. So the, first of all, the versions, the plugin version and the teams version, uh, they are different. So the, the plugin version is the version that uses the analyzer API and is built on top of it and can be connected to the, to the analyzer as a plugin, right? You just write the, in your analysis options file, you write the Analyzer, Plugins, Dart Code Metrics, and it works. It's not integrated into the Dart Analyze, it's not integrated into Dart Fix, it's just like a IDE integration. And then we had like the CLI additionally written that you can also write, run like Dart Code Metrics, metrics Analyze, etc. So this was... One, this is one version. The Teams version is another version. It's a standalone. It's, it has, it it behaves and looks more like a Dart executable itself. We have a a separate, the ID integrations, VS code integration, the integrations, they all like handwritten and the executable is like compiled and works again close to Dart, what Dart provides. And the code bases for these versions are different. In fact, uh, the Teams version is even have even has the analyzer like forked and fixed to to allow some features that DCM provides. And this time, it it become became clear that supporting those two versions at, at this moment, I am like no longer capable of because again, all my focus is on the teams to make teams better, to unblock features, to add new features, to help users, etc. But this plugin it still it still exists. It still brings problems to people, like some something doesn't work with outside of our scope with the plugins. They leak, or like the IDE doesn't throw issues somehow. So it's it also like was taking a lot of my attention. Uh, so I decided that the best decision right now. And it's it's also important to say that the plugins API um, is also marked experimental uh, by Google. So, the future of it is unclear, at least for me. And I'm not sure what how it will change in the future. Maybe they will decide to uh, kind of remove it completely or re- rework it the way that DCM won't be able to. So, I don't know. I didn't, I, I still don't. I don't know how it, it, will, it will be changed. But uh, for me, all these problems, all this uncertainty that it takes time was the, enough uh, to, to say. And that actually, people who use it, they usually don't really into contributing to to the project, right? So this all kind of summed up for me that this version should be uh, removed, should be deprecated and uh, forgotten, let's say that, and the Teams version should be the main version, maybe with a free version somewhere in the future, no no, like date commitment yet, but maybe, right? Uh, But this version should become the main version and be the main focus because Again, um supporting two versions is a hard thing. And, and there were like other problems, like the documentation was separated for the free and for the teams. There were a lot of issues, right? Uh, this, this is like two versions existing. Uh, so that's I guess the main contributors to that decision. And, and answering your question, no, it was not an easy one. I really like thought about it for a long period of time but in the end um in the end the most important idea that i actually want the project to like thrive i want it to be the greatest version it can be and uh people usually and as as i mentioned before a lot of people say that their main problem is that project is paid (laughs) sorry but uh i believe if the project like Just if I stopped supporting the project, those those people would just uh, will be like they they would just complain for for some time and then moved moved on. They don't really care about the project existing, the project like striving, right? They don't care. At least that that what I see and what I feel from the interactions with people on social, on on Reddit, on other social media who say that that the project respect is bad, for example, right? they're not into really into the making the project thriving, right? So this is my main goal. And uh, I guess uh, if, and I don't really think that there are other options if this is needed, if this is what is needed to uh, be done for the project to thrive, I guess I will take this action too. So it was taken and uh, I guess on July 16th, the, the free version will be discontinued completely.
0: Now, is it going to stay up there, but just not supported? Or are you going to try to rip it out of the of any location to download? Or what's kind of the plan? Uh,
1: no, I think if you, I mean, if you look at it from like the outside view, there, there are no major language releases close to the duplication date. There is no strict policies. There is no strict um, like licensing, et cetera. So I'm doing it really in easy mode for people to continue to use it. There is no like deadline, hard deadline to do something with it. It's let's say it's not strict. It's not like pushing. It's not like you can do it in your own pace, right? But yes, the version won't be supported. It will it will be I guess available on pub for some time before the version constraints won't be you won't be able to use it because of the version constraints. But yeah. Uh, I think it will just, you know, because another option was to make it an abandon where, right? When it, it exists, but it's not support. You see, okay, it's, it's present. You can download it, but it don't work. Like it, it doesn't work at all. Uh, and the GitHub repo is not updated, et cetera. So I decided that uh, I, w- I want to be transparent with my users and say that, okay, this project won't become an abandoned where we are clearly saying that we are deprecating it. We discontinuing it. So any uh, any usage after this the time of discontinuation is like your own uh responsibility if something breaks, it's your problem now, so just like, take it clearly from us that we are not going to support it anymore so yeah, I decided that it's a better decision than just uh, you
0: know uh shed like it,
1: it becoming slowly and abandoned where
0: now have you actually made any uh sales? since this decision like has there been people who actually did convert from a free user to a paid user I'm I'm talking with several companies yes and yeah the sale yes even the individual
1: because DCN teams is actually mostly target the teams uh, not the individuals one, but even the individual developers uh, converted from the free version to the paid one
0: now do you predict that you're going to be in a good state like i'm i'm trying to think, trying to how do I ask this one um, do you have enough let's see what this is? Are you selling enough licenses now to be able to live from this project? Or are you still looking for more obviously for I more mean, subscriptions? If you're talking people?
1: about business, you're still looking for more, right? You can just say, okay, this is enough. I'm not <laughs> looking for more sales right now.
0: Yeah, okay, fine. Fair enough question. You're always looking for more, so there is no like, question asked about that. Sure. Well, I I guess I guess I could my question is more like Is there enough license for you to survive at least for now? Or you're still like, you know, like, I'm like, are you self-sustaining? I guess like the question could be. Uh, I cannot call DCM self-sustaining right now. Definitely not, not
1: there yet, but let's see how it goes.
0: I mean, do do, do you have like a prediction for if you will be, or is there, because usually you have like a sales prediction, right? Like, okay, based on. Uh amalysis is sold we're like gonna reach our target around X amount of time. Or you or you don't really know. You don't really have that kind of uh, foresight. I don't I don't have this
1: prediction because uh, I'm you know I don't think it's actually predictable that way because I'm talking with teams and companies and there is no like at least in my opinion, it's 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 hardly predictable because some companies need more time to test your versions. For example, Google uh they took one trial, then they Get a month off, then they took another trial, and then they finally decided, okay, we, we, are, we are doing this. So, and with, with this, like differences uh, that d- uh, different companies have, uh I think at, least at this stage, because I'm doing it like only for six months now, it's hardly predictable that. Plus, uh, you need to also take into consideration that DCM is per seat So, for example, if a company is small, like five developers, like six developers for example i need x number of but if the company is like 25 developers 30 developers like 40 developers right it's it's a different number of companies i need to like to to get to certain point right so it's also kind of gets into the equation and and for me at least at this stage it's really hard to predict uh, you know the exact date it might happen this time if the companies will be this number of developers and like this number of companies so
0: i guess it's just hard to predict so then you have some kind of volume pricing where you're saying like if you have like 20 developers it's gonna be x amount per seat uh yes uh the first tier
1: is team's tier it's like from 5 to 30 the price is like fixed just per, per, per developer, it's fixed but then after 30 it and transforms into an enterprise uh, tier and the price is ne- negotiable, let's say that.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I, I, you were saying, like, you're talking to these companies. I'm thinking to myself, like, what is there to talk about? Is it, is it that you're negotiating the the sales price or you're or you're negotiating, like, the, the what do you call it? The Like you said, they have to try it, see if it works, and then try to make it work in their CI. You know what I mean? Like, there's a process, like you said, to make the new version to work. Yeah, yeah. It's usually there they need to try it. They need to see
1: that, for example, if they were a plugin user, they need to see that it's different, it's better, it solves more problems, for example, or it's better in the performance part, etc. Or if they, they're a newcomer, they need to see that it actually highlights the issues, that it's integrated into all their workflow, that, that the developers of the team can install it, use it, etc. So they need to kind of see
0: that it works for them. Let's say that. OK, yeah, that, that that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I have any more uh, questions. I mean, is there something that uh, you think people need to know about DCM, or maybe just a shout out that they should come try out uh, DCM and uh, see if it works for them, et cetera? Um,
1: the tradition DCM has right now is that because of the so DCM was initially an open source project, right? Because right now, it's not the Teams version is not open source, and I don't think that will open source it the DCM was an open source project but the like and I put like several thousands of my hours of like three of my three hours into it um, into the into the open source version and this transition happens mostly because the open source uh, without like a huge um, number of contributors is actually, I don't know if it's, how it can be, you know, um, how it can survive in ta- this time, right? So if you have a small number of contributors, the, if some, something happens to each one of them, the project can just, you know, disappear without any, any, like, letter. And the, as the idea that I, like, th- that idea that I like, have now that you it's better to try to transform your project into a paid one with a potential future than see how this time like the number of people who help you visit like only clients and just to see how it just slowly you know, can die in like in your hand it it, it it comes to a situation where where it's, uh, either you do something or the project just stays the way it is and you know no one is going to fix and help with it. So my main message would be to if the people that use other open source projects and especially to the companies that use other open source projects, that uh, they actually ask themselves if they can help these projects, not just by contributions, but also financially, because uh, there are the people that work on the open source projects, they usually put their soul into them. And they actually can make the projects usually better, a lot better if they had like more time. And the only reason, and you know, the only way for them to have more time is that this some of this time will be covered by uh, sponsorships or donations or etc. So if you are a company and you use uh, some projects and uh, you have a budget to help them, I would like, actually just say, guys, we we need uh, support. We need support for for this uh this project needs to be supported, otherwise there is a high chance that the people will just you know give up at some point and you will need to reimplement things yourself like fork support these things etc. so it's better for you to it's even better for you now to just consider supporting them than uh, ending up in a situation where you need to fork something and support it yourself like spending more time and more resources on them than. So my first message would be that if you have an opportunity, like available resources to support open source projects, please do it because they actually need it. Even though it might not be clear, they need it. Usually like all of them need it. It, it can be like sponsorship again, author sponsorship, etc. So anything. Yeah. And so uh, second thing that I want to say is that if uh, someone is really interested in DCM. You can always like DM me on Twitter or the Discord, email, etc. So I always ready. I'm always ready to uh, give you like a trial or like show you around what features it ha- have it has and uh, how, how how like to get started, etc. So and to the teams that struggle with like having having conversations about code style, they spend a lot of time on these conversations. They have a high number of bugs, et cetera, I just encourage you to try DCN because um, I believe that it can help you reduce the number of these conversations, reduce the number of bugs, and like just create a more uh, like, better working code, a better product to your users with less, less bugs, etc. So just if you have these problems, it's worth trying. And I, I honestly haven't, on, on a scale, I haven't seen it. Like a team that do, that doesn't have these problems, they usually have them like, like on a different level. Let's say that it depends on the how old the project, how like big is this project, and uh, how many people worked on this project. Because you know, like the longer people stay, the more consistent it becomes, etc. So there are a lot of like variables there, but uh, in the end, most of the like medium to large project have these problems. So yeah. I encourage you to try, and maybe you'll find that DCM works for you well. And I hope so.
0: Well, that's good to hear that people can reach out to you and talk to you about trying it out to see if it's good for them. That's that's good. Yeah. And, and and since you mentioned it, like, what is the best way to actually get a hold of you if they do want to take you up on this offer?
1: Um, but I I would say this emailing It's the one of the way. Just info at info uh, at dcm. I will usually. Responding like in a few hours also. Or it's Discord, DCM Discord is is uh, available. The invite link I think is available on our website. You can just uh, see it in the header of the website. And the third option is Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. It's like at underscore intendel, and you can DM me, and I will reply most likely.
0: And with that, uh, thank you for coming on and talking about DCM. I- First time I heard about it, I'll have to give it a try. Maybe I'll ask you for a free trial to see how it goes. I'm kind of curious.
1: Sure, I'm 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 ready to give it to you anytime you need it. Yeah, and uh, actually, you asked me before the interview, like the you had a question about the like the value. So for you personally, did, did you get the answer? Is it valuable? Is it does it look valuable for you? Or
0: yeah, I mean, we we are running a, a linter on our code. Um, I need to take a look because somebody else configured the linter. I just get pushed and then I see what comes back. So I haven't seen exactly what we're using, but I think it is some Flutter linter. Uh, I can't remember which one now, Flutter analyzer, like you said. So I'd be curious to see the two, see which one, you know, how they work together. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I just need to see for myself. Because okay. I never looked really deeply at the at the at the analyzer. Usually, I let somebody else handle this kind of stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. Just follow the rules as as it complains to me. Yeah,
1: I hope you will find it useful. Yeah, but I'm ready to give you the trial as well.
0: Okay, that's nice. All right, and with that, uh, thank you for coming on, and hopefully, have you back on again in the future. Thank you for inviting, me and uh, it was nice discussing these things.